Well, hey there, guys. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Web Slingers Podcast. This is the one only show we talk about all things Spider-Man and the Marvel Multiverse. Um, that is right, guys. Uh, as you could probably tell, we are here talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. It is finally here, ladies and gentlemen. Spider-Man No Way Home. It took forever for us to get here, but we have finally gotten here. All those years of speculation and fan theories and trailers and people lying in interviews. We are going to talk about all of it right here. And I should warn you guys, this is going to be a spoilerific discussion. If you have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home, please do not listen to this episode. Um... If you want to hear my spoilerific, my my non-spoiler thoughts on the movie, I did put up a quick, I did put up a reaction on my Instagram, so definitely go and check that out. Um, and then you guys can understand how I felt about the movie um, without getting the movie ruined for you. Because if you keep listening to this episode, I don't know what to tell you because I gave you a full warning right then and there. So let's go ahead and let's talk about Spider Man. No Way Home. So, Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, Once again, was directed by John Watts and stars Tom Holland and Zendaya Jacob uh, Batalon, Batalon, whatever his name is, um, Benedict Cumberbatch, and sees the return of Alfred Molina, Willem Dafoe, Jamie Foxx, Thomas Hayden Church, and a bunch of other people who I will, uh, I guess I can tell you later on. So let's go ahead and, um, you know, you guys know I, I loved the movie. I think it's, if you guys have read my spoil, my non-spoilers, uh, my non-spoilerific thoughts on the film. You guys know that I loved it. It's my one of my favorites, um, favorite movies in the MCU. It's my second favorite Spider-Man movie. I love the movie. I think it's a perfect. I think it's honestly a perfect Spider-Man movie, um, and a perfect and one of the perfect MCU films. Also, um, I loved how dark it was. I loved how. Um, uh, how real and how true it felt to the character of Spider-Man. Um, and I was really excited for this movie going into it. Of course, you know, seeing the return of Alfred Molina's Doc Ock and the return of Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin, I was really, really, really excited uh, for this installment. Even though I was not a huge fan of Spider-Man Far From Home, and this movie picks up right where the last one left off, um, we 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 hear um, the news report from the ending of Far From Home, where you know Mysterio basically says uh, reveals Peter Parker's identity. Uh, uh, we reveals uh, Spider Man's secret identity, um, giving away um, Parker's identity, and now he's seen as a criminal, and the public is divided by him. There are some people who. Uh, support him and we see that through many different ways but even what but this is shown more so when he goes to school 
and the the two teachers from far from home are there and they support him and then you have the gym teacher who is supporting Mysterio and saying that he was right um but I loved I loved the opening of this movie I loved how there was a sense that what do I do now my my identity has been revealed I'm now seen as a criminal what do I do and you know I love I love the whole opening I love the whole opening I love everything with happy and and Aunt May like that whole storyline getting transferred over because I love I love Happy Hogan and I really loved what they did with him in this movie I wish he had more to do than uh the than what he was given but I I did love what they gave him in this movie um and I thought Aunt May was great I thought Aunt May was even better in this one than I than she was in Homecoming and Far From Home. Um, she felt more like Aunt May to me in in this one. Um, <laughs> and I really, really loved um, the relationship between MJ and Peter. But within this opening, within these this first act of the film, we get our first big reveal now this movie there are so many big reveals in this movie and again spoilers if you haven't seen it giving you a fair warning our first big reveal matt murdoch is back ladies and gentlemen charlie cox the man himself is back as matthew murdoch um seeing charlie cox and and it also goes to show why they released the episode of this most recent episode of hawkeye why they released it before the week that No Way Home comes out um, because they revealed Kingpin is back and now they've revealed that Charlie Cox has returned as Daredevil. Um, um, and I love what he says. I love, I love when he's, when he get when he says, Oh yeah, no, Peter, you'll be, you'll be fine. But, but happy Hogan, you're going to need a, you're going to need a lawyer. I would, I would strongly advise getting a lawyer. And then he, and then, you know, um, Aunt May's like, well, let's just hear, and Happy's freaking out, and he goes, well, let's just hear what he has to say. What do you have to say, Mr. Murdoch? And, and Matt goes, you're going to need a really good lawyer. <laughs> you're going to need a very good lawyer. And then um, someone throws a brick through the window, and he just catches it. As soon as he catches it, like, everyone in the theater went, oh. Because when he showed up, like, when you see the cane Everyone went, Ooh! and then all of a sudden the camera pans over and you see him. Everyone freaked out and started clapping and cheering. And then he catches the brick and everyone, ooh. And then you hear um, Peter goes, how did you do that? And then you hear Matt, Matt Murdock go, I'm a really good lawyer. <laughs> um, that was pretty funny. That was honestly really, really funny. Um Oh, now a lot of people have been asking me um, since some people who have seen the movie have been asking me, Zeke, does this mean is this the same Daredevil that we saw in the Netflix show, or do you think this is a different version? I'm choosing to believe it's a different version. I don't think it's the same one from the Netflix show. I just think, I think there's, I mean, if they wanted to, they could make it the same care the same character from the Netflix show but I highly doubt it um I just I just think that um 
if if they were going if they brought him in, it was going to be because they're rebooting the character. They're going to they're rebooting him in a way that's going to have him fit more into the MCU, because that that the first Daredevil series, as great as it was, didn't really fit into the MCU that well. Um, of course, it had its, it, you know, it it had some references to the MCU, but it wasn't fully like they never really outright said these shows are connected to the MCU. In fact, Kevin Feige has denied the fact that those shows were ever connected to his Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, but it it just felt good to see him though. It felt good because I I think he's the best interpretation of this character. Um, and I think he's better than any other version of the character. Um, and I am, I was just so excited, uh, to see him back in there. Um, and that was, and that was really cool. Um, and then we move forward into the film. Um, of course, you know, Peter and his friends can't get into college. And so they, and so he goes to Dr. Strange to see if he can brainwash, uh, the world now, what I found hilarious was that after they've screwed up the spell, um, Peter come, uh, Doctor Strange is standing there, and he's like, "If you, if they rejected you, and you tried to plead their case, if you try to plead your case, and there's nothing I there, and they still rejected you, there's nothing else you can do." And then he goes, "Wait, you mean to tell me I could have done that?" He's like, "I'm sorry." Are you telling me that you didn't even think to plead your case before you asked me to brainwash the brainwash ha- the the entire world? And then long pause, and then Peter like, well, when you put it like that, <laughs> just the the cutaway to the door slamming in his face was hilarious to me. That was just so funny. Um, and then we get the bridge fight. Doc Ock shows up. And hearing that theme, Doc Ock's theme, um, I loved hearing that theme. I loved it. It was so great. And then hearing his line, you know, what have you done with my machine? The power of the power of the sun in the palm of my hand. It's gone. And he's like, and. Peter's so confused. And then he says something that triggers Peter Parker when he looks at him and goes, I should have killed your little girlfriend when I had the chance. And then he and then he's like, What did you just say? And I remember when he when he comes out of there and he's like, What did you just say? Um I remember uh saying this. I, I literally remember thinking, oh shit. <laughs> As soon as he said, as soon as Peter comes out with the the four arms on the Iron Spider suit, and he's got that look of anger in his mask, he's he and he's just like, "What did you just say?" Um, that was great, and that whole action scene was awesome. Like I I don't think I think it's because the the third act action scene at the end is so good. It kind of overshadows every action scene that came before that. But that one on the bridge against Doc Ock was just fantastic. I even loved it when the nanotech, the pieces of nanotech 
um, Iron Spider suit forms into Doc Ock's arms, and then Peter ends up having control of it. And then um, just seeing that was great. Um, I loved, I got to say, Alfred Molina gave a really great performance in this. Um, It felt good to see Green Goblin in there. But I really want to talk about Jamie Foxx as Electro. Now, you guys know my thoughts on The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I hate that movie. I still really hate that movie. And Jamie Foxx's Electro, I always felt like Jamie Foxx could have been a good choice for Electro. I just didn't like what they did with Electro. However, in this movie, I really liked what they did with him. First of all, the look is better. I'm so glad they got rid of that stupid blue look and they gave him and they made him look like Jamie Foxx. Um and I just like cuz I hated that stupid blue look um kind of making him look more like Dr. Manhattan. It's just it was a stupid look. But I'm glad they they changed his look. I loved hearing his theme, you know, the bum, bum, bum. Um, I loved hearing that. I thought it was great. Um, I love that fight between Electro and Spider-Man and Sandman where Sandman comes in and teams up with Spider-Man. And then at one point, Sandman gets angry because he, because he made, because uh, Spider-Man made, um, Electro disappear. Um, and Sandman gets angry and then he gets zapped into, um, uh, the, uh, the prison. Um, and I love that. I, I even love that also. Um, by the way, Thomas Hayden Church, like hearing his voice was just awesome to see. Um, and even the use of the, um, our archival footage that they used of him, uh, towards the end, which we'll get into in a second, but even that was great too. Just, just everything was great. And the fact that they were able to bring back all these characters and, fit them all into this story was just all fantastic. It was all fantastic. Um, And I loved the action scene between Dr. Strange and Peter, um, where they go into the mirror dimension and just, we get those Dr. Strange visuals, the crazy, weird, trippy, psychedelic visuals of that is so, um that is there that that is so attached to Doctor Strange was fantastic. It was all fantastic. So I love that. Um <laughs> um and I loved that um Peter uh, replaces the uh, the inhibitor chip in in uh, Doc Ock's neck. He replaces it, and Doc Ock becomes a good guy uh, for the rest of the film. Um, and it it felt good to see Doc Ock a- as a good person, you know. Because I will say, as much as I got chills when he showed up and he was the villain, I loved seeing that. You know, because one of my favorite parts from Sam Raimi's Spider Man Two was when him and Peter are kind of bonding over their love of science, you know? 
Um, and I love that. And I love seeing that same Doc Ock um, bonding with, you know, like, and he, and when he looks at Norman and he's like, are you excited, Norman? You're about to become whole again. No more darker half. Just you. And then we get the reveal that Green Goblin is, of course, the villain. Uh, Green Goblin is, of course, the main villain of this story. And I love that. I love the fact that they 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 did they brought back Willem Dafoe to make him the main villain. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Because, of course, he was the villain of the very first Spider-Man movie that kind of started this era that we live in with comic book movies now. If it wasn't for Spider-Man and that first X-Men, we probably would not be in this era that we're in right now. And to to see the guy, who, uh, one of the characters who was involved in jump-starting this comic book uh, franchise... In this movie was fantastic to see. But Norman shows up and he kills Aunt May. And Aunt May's death was absolutely fantastic. I loved it when, you know, for a second they made you think that she wasn't dead. They made you for a second think that she was just seriously injured. And then she falls again. And when she died... Man, it was just like it like I started getting all sorts of emotional because I loved what they did with her throughout this entire movie. She felt like Aunt May. She felt like the character of Aunt May. You know. Um and my biggest issue with Aunt May in the uh in the in the in the last two, particularly in Homecoming and in Far From Home, she felt more like the embarrassing mom. And in this and in the beginning of this film, yeah, she felt a little bit like the embarrassing mom, but in this one, if it's like they gave her more to do as far as her being that support, the 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 biggest support in Peter's life. And I love that. And I love that she's the one who says in this movie, with great power there must also come great responsibility. We got the line. We got the line in the movie, and I love that. And um, and then Aunt May dies, and then we get to we got and then we go to uh, Ned and MJ, who I haven't talked much about because I think they really shine as characters once this scene happens. So Ned and MJ, they they go, they're at uh, they're at Ned's house, and Ned is just like. I just wish we could see Peter. And then the portal starts to open up. And then he and then he begins to start opening the portal just like Doctor Strange. The portal opens up. You see a Spider-Man. And for a second, I remember thinking, I was like, wait, is that Tom Holland Spider-Man? And then he Spider-Man turns around and I noticed the eyes on the costume. And I remember watching it thinking. Wait, wait, that's not, that's not Tom Holland. And then he jumps in and I went, that Andrew Garfield? Is that Andrew Garfield? And then he removes the mask and it's Andrew Garfield. That effing liar. (laughs) You 
liar, Andrew Garfield. I, and we understand why you did it. Because Kevin Feige probably had a uh, a sniper on the rooftop somewhere. Wherever you were, he probably had a sniper on, on the rooftop. But you liar. <laughs> and you you showed up in this movie, which was awesome. And I loved, you know, um, pro- prove it. Prove to me that you're Peter. I don't really carry an ID on me. It kind of defeats the whole purpose of... It kind of defeats the whole anonymous superhero... Th- and then she throws the bread, and he's like, why'd you do that? I wanted to see if you have the tingle thing. I do have the tingle thing, but not with bread. <laughs> and then he goes out on the wall, and then Ned's mom, you know, starts speaking in in, a, in another language. And then he's like, my, my mom was asking if you can get the cobweb in the corner since you're already up there. And he's like, yeah, sure. He starts crawling. He gets the cobweb. And <laughs> it just was it just, it was all great. Like, Andrew Garfield in this movie was, I think, better than he was in his first in his two movies. Because they gave him good material to work with. I even like how they explained that after Gwen's death, and we're going to get to the other reveal in a second, but the, I like the fact that they, re, they revealed that after Gwen Stacy's death, he... He became more brutal. He became more rageful and more bitter. And he he hasn't fully moved on from the fact that he is the ultimate reason why she is dead. And I love that when, when you know he's talk and you know he's talking to Tom Holland and he's like, "No, yeah, f- I understand what you're going through because for me." I failed to save Gwen, and I'm never going to forgive myself for that. And I loved it. I absolutely um, loved um, I absolutely loved what they uh, um, uh, what they did with that. Um, but then we get the second reveal. Uh, Ned goes to open up another portal, and he opens up the next portal. And who walks out but Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. And he looked great, by the way. Like He looked really great. And he still felt like the same. He still felt like that that Peter that I knew him to be. Still felt like that. And I loved when him and Andrew first come face to face, and I remember thinking, oh man, this is awesome. And then they go to the rooftop, they're talking, and that's where we get Andrew's whole explanation about what happened with Gwen Stacy. And we hear Toby explaining his side of it, where he says, yeah, no, I chased down the man who killed Uncle Ben, and I got what I wanted, but it didn't make it better. It made it worse. The pain just felt worse. You know? And I love that. I thought it was... I, th- I thought it was... Uh, truly... Uh, truly fantastic. What they were... What they did. Um, and and their, and their rules. I, I, I think my, my favorite part about Toby and Andrew in this movie is how big of a role they ended up playing. Especially towards the third act, you know they're all at Midtown. They're all creating the the cures for 
Dr. Connors, Sandman, um, Electro, and, um, and Norman. Um, by the way, I love that joke where he's like, um, oh, what does he say? He goes, <laughs> Ned, Ned goes up to him and he's like, so did you, do you have a best friend? And then Toby's like, I did. He died in my arms after he tried to kill me. And then Ned just like walks uncomfortably away. And, um, later on, um, the, the computer, you know, dings. And then he goes, he goes, um, oh, Peter. And then they all stand up and they're doing the Spider-Man pointing meme, which by the way, the fan service in this movie was used so well. It was used so well in this movie. Just not even just the pointing meme, but earlier on, I can't believe I forgot to mention this, but earlier on in the film, you got to hear the line from Spider-Man one where, um, <laughs> where, um, uh, Norman looks at Peter and goes, you know, uh, you know, he, so they're, they're talking about, um, finding a way to secure everybody. And, um, and Norman tells Peter, he goes, let me help you with that. And then it cuts back to him. And he goes, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. Which was perfect. Absolutely perfect. Um, and I loved, loved what they did um, with, you know, the fan service in this movie. It just felt so good. Um, even doing little things like. Like, um, bringing in, wow, okay, never mind, uh, sorry, um, but bringing in, uh, the themes from the other movies, you know, you got to hear James Horner's music from the first Amazing Spider-Man film, you got to hear Danny Elfman's Spider-Man music, like, you know, you got to hear the, da, 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 da. Or you got to hear, um, uh, you and then obviously Michael Giacchino just did a really great job with the score. You know the main home the the main theme for Tom Holland's Spider Man movies have has always been one of my favorite themes ever. Bum 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 bum. Um, I loved, I, I just, I loved it. Um, I love the score in this film. Um, and even, you know, Doc Ox using Doc Ox theme and Sandman's music. It was all, it was just all really great stuff. It, it was just really great stuff. Now let's talk about that third act battle. Um, first of all, I gotta say the other joke that worked for me, the other joke that made me laugh hysterically was, so are you going to go to, are you going to go to the battle? Are you, so are you going to fight? So are you going to go in as a, as a cool youth pastor? And then Toby reveals the suit. And first of all, that felt satisfying, but I just love the joke. Are you going to go in as a cool youth pastor? (laughs) That was pretty funny. Um, and oh my gosh, the fact that they are, that they talk about, the fact that Toby is the only one that has organic web sh- that he sh- he has webbing that comes out of his wrist, not web he doesn't have web shooters. 
And I love it when Toby's like, yeah, you can't do that, huh? And then Andrew's just like, so you make your own webbing out of your body. And then Tom's like, so does it just come out of your wrist or does it come out of anywhere else? <laughs> um, And then he's like, do you, do you ever have a web block? And then he goes, I did have a web block. You know, oh, oh, uh, what what caused it? And, he's, and he goes, existential crisis stuff. <laughs> of course, refer, being a reference to um, Spider-Man 2. Um, but I love that. Um, I even love the, the whole conversation, the, the, the chemistry between all three versions of Spider-Man were all fantastic. The chemistry between those three was fantastic. I even loved it when the, when Tom is like, what are some of the craziest villains you guys have ever fought? And then, um, they, and then Toby's like, well, I did fight a, an alien made out of black goo once. And then Tom's like, oh yeah, I fought an alien too. He was purple. <laughs> and then um Andrew was like, Man, I, I feel lame compared to the two of you guys. I never fought an alien. I just fought a Russian guy in a mech in a metal rhinoceros outfit. And then he's like and then uh Toby's like, Can we just go back to the I'm lame part? Because you are definitely not lame. You're amazing. You are amazing. Will you will you say it? No, no, I really needed to hear that. <laughs> um but then this third act battle starts, and this third act is amazing. The fact that it takes place on the Statue of Liberty, um, honestly, not going to lie, a little bit of a throwback to the first X-Men film, if I'm not going to lie. I feel like that was John Watts', John Watts um, homage to the first X-Men movie. Um, but also, you know, there's they're, they're building the Captain America shield onto the stat. They're putting the Captain America shield Onto the Statue of Liberty, which is like funny <laughs> to me, but but I love that, and just this third act was just incredible, you know. And even the one of the other funniest lines in the movie. I don't want to brag, but I was with the Avengers. The Avengers, that's great. Yeah, who is that? What is that? You don't have the, is that a band? Are you in a band? What you guys don't have the Avengers? No, the Avengers. They're they're the. Uh, uh, how is this helping? And look, it doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> Just that whole conversation was so hilarious. And then I loved them. I loved you know Andrew's whole you know I love you guys. And then they they both look at him and go, thank you. <laughs> um, and of course, of course. We 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 got all three Spider-Men swinging together, and they all land into the frame. Uh, Toby, Andrew, and then Tom in the middle. Loved that, loved that, and it felt so good to see Toby's Spider-Man outfit again. It felt so good. It gave me, you know, because the first you gotta you guys look. Keep in mind this, okay. I I want to say I was either I think I was eight years old when the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie, um, no, not when the first one, um, when the third Spider when to, when Spider-Man three came out and that was one and that was the first Spider-Man movie I ever saw in the theater. And so to have 
to see Toby in his Spider-Man costume just gave me throwbacks to watching Spider-Man 3 in the theater or watching uh, Spider-Man 1 and 2 on DVD, you know? It just, like, it, it gave me those throwbacks, gave me those those feels. Um, and you guys know how much I love Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man costume. I love that suit. I mean, look, again, I don't like The Amazing Spider-Man 2, but I do love the costume in that film. Um, and even, I even liked, um, Tom's out, uh, Tom's costume in this film. I love the fact that they kept the, the, the black and red, but they also infused the, uh, the nanotech iron spider outfit and infused it with the black and red suit, which was awesome. Um, and we'll talk about a new suit that Tom Holland has at the end of this film, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, but I ultimately like how they defeat the villains, and I like the reunion um, that, you know, <laughs> Jamie Foxx and um, Electro and Spider and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man all have a, you know, conversation. And then I love how, um, <laughs> how Jamie Foxx is like, yeah, you're from Queens. You help a lot of poor people. I just thought you were going to be black. And then he's like, oh, I'm so – and then uh, Peter's like, I'm so sorry. And then he goes – Nah, it's okay. There's got to be a black Spider-Man out there somewhere. Which got everybody in the theater um, cheering when that happened. Because obviously that is a reference to uh, Miles Morales. Who, I will say, I thought Miles Morales was going to show up in this movie. I legitimately believed that Miles Morales was going to show up in this movie. Um... I didn't think he was going to show up like in as a main character, but I thought we'd get like a cameo. Like maybe like maybe when when Doctor Strange is like they're starting to come through and I can't stop him and all those characters are breaking through. I thought, you know, maybe he would have broken through and started swinging around in the background or something. I don't know. But um by the way, that whole thing, you can see a lot of different Spider-Man characters in that little multiversal breakthrough. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw Silk in there somewhere. Pretty sure I saw Silk. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw um, other characters like um like I'm like maybe I'm I think I might I, I definitely saw Craven, definitely saw Scorpion, Rhino, um Apparently, someone online said they saw Madam Web in there, too. Um, so there's a lot of Spider-Man characters, a lot of Easter eggs sprinkled throughout throughout that thing. Which, I guess, when the Blu-ray comes out, I might have to start going through and seeing if I can find any other Easter eggs. But I loved it. Um, yeah, I just love the third act of this movie. And so... So the way they solve this whole thing is that Doctor Strange basically looks at uh, that Peter looks at Doctor Strange and goes, "What if everyone just forgot who I was?" And then he said, "But that would mean it would just the world would just move on like you never existed." And then he said, "We'll do it." And so he goes to say his goodbyes. He says goodbye to um Oh, I can't believe I forgot to mention this. 
I can't believe I forgot to mention this. The the fight between Tom Holland Spider-Man and Green Goblin was fantastic. And seeing Spider-Man be so brutal and he is kicking Green Goblin's ass. And the fact that he picks up the glider and he's about to kill um, Green Goblin with the glider and Toby stands there and stops him, right? It, it it made me feel like, oh, man, this is so powerful. And then Toby gets stabbed. And I'm not going to lie, I thought Toby was going to die, honestly. I really thought they were gonna be like, he was going to be like, it's okay. I have you guys have been have been wonderful. And then he just dies. I thought they were going to kill him off, but they didn't. Thankfully, they didn't kill Toby off, but that would have been that would have been oh would have broken my heart. But um, but nope. They he goes to say his goodbyes. He says goodbye. Uh, Tom Holland says his goodbye to Toby and Andrew. Um, they hug on screen, and then um, and then he goes and says goodbye to Ned and MJ. Which I will say once again, I loved I loved the relationship between. Peter and MJ in this film. I thought it was so much better than it was in Far From Home. Um, really felt like an actual relationship. Um, and it was very, very emotional. Um, and I loved just seeing that there. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it was, it was, um, it was great. It was really, really awesome. Um, and uh is there I'm, I'm pretty sure there's oh so when so they say goodbye and Tom Holland swings away and then the world completely forgets who who Peter Parker was they know who Spider-Man is but they don't know that Peter Parker's Spider-Man anymore and they don't know that Peter Parker even exists you know um and Peter moves into his own apartment, which felt great. I love seeing that version of Peter Parker that lives on his own now. Um, and we see that he has made a brand new suit that kind of has a little bit of influence from Toby and Andrew. It seems like this suit is a combination of Toby, Andrew's, and Tom Holland's outfits from these movies. Um that it's no longer an Iron Man Jr. outfit. It's just a Spider-Man outfit. And he's on his own now. And the way this movie ends, it ends in such a way that, you know, the next Spider-Man movie could take place in the MCU. Or it could take place in the Sony-verse. It could take place in the Spider-Verse. You know, we just don't know yet. That's the great thing about how this movie ended is that we don't know whether or not the next one's going to take place in the MCU. And we definitely don't know if the next one's going to take place in the in the Spider-Verse. We just have to wait and see on that one. Um, but then we get the post-credit scenes. Now, the post-credit scenes, the first one was was really good. I loved it a lot. Seeing uh, Tom Hardy um, as, as Venom in there. Um, I was a little... I. I was ever so slightly disappointed. Not, I, it's not like I, I was ever so slightly disappointed that um, Venom wasn't in the movie as much as we all thought he was, especially coming off of the ending 
of Venom Let There Be Carnage. We we kind of all thought that he was going to play a huge part. Um, but I love that, you know, he's talking to this guy, asking all these questions. He's like, I'm sorry, but aliens? No, they don't love stone. They like eating brains, you know? And then Venom's like, let's go skinny dipping. And he's like, no, we are not going skinny dipping. And then they go back to the universe. Eddie, uh, Venom's like, no, no, we just got here. <laughs> um, and then he leaves behind a piece of the symbiotes. He leaves behind a bit, a piece of the symbiote. Where that whole storyline goes, we have no idea. But it it it's pretty promising to see where they're gonna go with that. It is pretty promising. Um. So, um. Then we get the second post credits tease. And the reason why I call it the post credit tease is because it's not really a scene. It's a trailer. We get a teaser trailer for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And it's a great little teaser. Like the look and feel of this movie, it feels like a horror movie. It feels like it's going to be much darker than the last Doctor Strange movie. Um, and the stakes are a lot higher in this one. Um, and I love the interaction between him and Wanda. Where Doctor Strange goes up to Wanda Maximoff and she's like, I hurt people. And he's like, ah, before you continue, I'm not here to talk about Westview. And she goes, then what are you here for? And he's like, we need your help. With what? What do you know about the multiverse? And we get all these great shots. We see Wanda in her outfit, in the Scarlet Witch outfit, which is awesome. I love that outfit. I love her as Scarlet Witch. Um, and then the ending of the teaser is, you know, the the greatest enemy. The cause of all of this destruction, Strange. Is you, and then he and then he comes in, and we see an evil version of Doctor Strange, which could could be or could not be, but I am starting to think that it is. It's evil Doctor Strange from uh, What If. They're bringing everything into this movie, including all the stuff from What If, matters now. And that is pretty exciting to see. It is really exciting to see something like that. And um, yeah, I'm just like ah, the 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 this movie. I think more so than any other spot and than any other MCU movie kind of gives us a really good feel of what the future holds for the Marvel multiverse. Because now, nothing's off the table anymore. Nothing is off the table anymore. Now they can just do... Now Marvel is at this point... We you know They have finished the Infinity Saga. They've gotten all that done. Now we can just do whatever the hell we want to do. And I think that's just fantastic. Um, so, yeah, those are all my kind of spoilerific thoughts. Overall, guys, 
Um, what what else can I say? Um, Spider Man No Way Home was fantastic. I have seen it six times. I'm probably gonna go back one or two more times before this movie um, ends its theatrical run. Um, I loved it. I think it is fantastic. I think it. There's a reason why it has made two hundred and fifty three million dollars, and it is because. It's not just because of the excitement behind it. It was. It's because of how great of a movie it was, and the word of mouth is spreading. and And a lot of people are saying, are are ta- are telling people, yeah, no, this is a great movie. This is a great movie. It's not just a good Spider Man movie. It's not just a good MCU movie. It's not even just a good comic book movie. It's a great movie. And I just think it's one of my favorites of the year. I love this movie. Um, again, I would say if if someone was asking me where I would rank it amongst all the Spider-Man movies, I would say I would rank it right behind Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's my second favorite. Um, I think I like it more than Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2, to be honest with you. Um, uh, and that's and that hurts. It hurts me to say that because I love Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. But I I think this one is just easily better. Um, And so I'm going to give Spider-Man No Way Home, if I had to give it a score, I'm going to give it a 10. I really loved it, guys. I loved it. And I think it has everything that I wanted in a Spider-Man movie. And it gave me just a little bit more than what I wanted. In a good way, though. Not in a bad way. So, um. If this is the last movie of Spider-Man in the MCU, if Spider-Man does not continue in the MCU, then what what a hell of a way to go out on. Um but um if we do if Spider-Man does continue in the MCU, um they they got a lot of really cool directions that they can go in. They got so many cool and different story directions that they could go in and that is just exciting to me so who anyway guys now that i've given my spoilerific thoughts on the movie what are your thoughts on the movie what are your thoughts on spider-man uh on spider-man no way home definitely hit me up on instagram and twitter and let me know what your guys's thoughts are um what was your favorite moment from the movie what was what were some of your who was who was a standout to you in this movie let me know and uh, thank you guys so much for listening um, to the Web Swingers Podcast. Uh, I am going to do one more episode of the Zeke Setso Show. And I will let you guys know that this is the final episode of the Web Swingers Podcast of 2021. Um, I was going to do my rankings this year, but I felt like I might want to wait. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give it one more year. Um, that way we have enough of a change than last year's rankings because it's going to if I figured if I were to do last year's rankings, it's probably going to stay the same um, of the MCU films. So what we're going to do is we're just going to do the rankings every other year. Um, but I'm I wanted to make this the final episode of 20, uh, the final episode of the Web Stringers podcast of the year because um just because this is what we've been kind of we've been kind of hyping up the release and I figured what what a better way to go out to to take 
to say goodbye to 2021 than to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home. So um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for being part of the Webster's podcast in 2021. Um, and don't worry, guys, 2022 it's going to be a lot more where it came from. So we are going to be delving into, we're going to be taking a journey through the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse. So thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, I think I should subscribe to the podcast because Zeke the Geek said so. And and until the, And until next time, guys, always remember that with great power, comes great responsibility.